That's that Martin. That's Martin. Yo. That's Roscoe. Martin. That's Martin, man. Snotty nose Roscoe. Yeah, yo. What's good, y'all? Episode Bruh, man. nine. Episode from the fifth flow, bro, man, from the fifth flow. <laughs> What's good, y'all? It's your favorite campus uncle, it's Uncle Fred, in the building. I'm here with my sister in pain, struggle, and also in victory. You know, the liberated project chick. I have my sister Tamara with me, of course. Hello, 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 beautiful people. What's yeah, good, man? Episode nine. Here we are, y'all. Listen, we have no, we have a topic for you today, right? And um, it is going to. Um, yeah, it's going to it's going to it's going to be pretty sensitive, I think, because, uh, you know, this is something that affects our our student demographics. Right. Um, and just recently, uh, it, it, there, there's a there's a commercial sense to this uh, mm. topic here. OK. You know, um, it has a lot to do with the, pretty much, you know, a comic book reference here you know uh, we, we we were going into comic book stuff you know and um i'll just i'll just i'll just just come on there. in just listen because you know you you're leaving them hanging yeah bring them on in bring them on okay in. so disclaimer always so it, everything that we say is our educated opinion of course um everything is done in love and in truth you know integrity I'm making, integrity um, but i am drawing the line in the sand Either you with the culture or not. That's what it is. We are trying to educate, elevate. We're not trying and emancipate. Right. We're not trying to um, create friction, but we're not trying to coddle either. We want it to be real. Right. And as and as Tamara would say, if you can't get right, you're gonna get left. Then you will get left. So without further ado, let's get to this topic. Let's come shall on. we? Let's listen. Hit him over okay. the head with it. So. The uh, maybe two weeks ago, I think it was looking okay. long. Maybe three. Maybe, uh, okay, all right, cool. So I went. I went to this <laughs> program. I went to number. the NAACP program, and they was talking about uh, Black Americans and Pan Africans and or Continental Africans and Caribbean Americans, and that program had some. Overlay. It ended up following over into the student union where I was found. <laughs> I was found talking with the student. You didn't land on Primitive Rock. And, and I didn't land it. It landed on, landed on me. So I'm in the student union mm-hmm. and I'm I'm speaking with the student about this program that was had to be such a dynamic program. Okay. And Next thing you know, I turn to my right and there's a group of like seven or eight gentlemen from NAACP and they're having like this enthusiastic uh, uh, conversation about black America, right, or America Mm -hmm. and how the diaspora is affected, right, or how we have been affected or Americanized with you know and 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 it it, it tickled my ears a little bit. Okay. So before you talk about the ways in which it tickles your ears, let's give kind of a broad context or definition, a working definition, so we all begin at the same place. Okay. So we're talking about the diaspora. We're talking about the worldwide collection of communities that have descended from Africa, but have been dispersed and or bifurcated. Yes. All right. Okay, we got that. We got that. That's your working definition, people. We got that. Ground zero. Okay, all right, cool. So, um, and in this... 
collective of individuals. There was black Americans represented. There was continental Africans. Uh, and there was black Americans. We all were in this circle. And, mm-hmm. you know, me, I'm black American. Right. And uh, I'm listening to the opinions of these students who were very educated and very passionate. I actually think that we were scaring some white folks in there because they were <laughs> they were walking past and they thought that we were fighting. But no, we were just passionate, educated people just having a conversation. Very civil. No. no. Well, but, well, yeah, of course they were going to be thinking that because that's about the characterization. But again, that's a whole right. nother dialogue. So one of the brothers in there was very, very passionate. And he's a black American. He doesn't really associate with any sort of ethnicity you know outside of being black and he was so passionate about how continental africans look down and they frown upon black americans okay so so what were some of the reasons in which they frowned upon so us as black hold on let me get there okay and then in the same right you had a caribbean american who was also a student, who also had a perspective about black Americans. Okay. So you had two brothers ganging up on this one brother who just so happens to be or affiliate or identify himself as a black American. So both Caribbean and the continental African student Mm -hmm. are ganging up on this one student. So then I step in. And when I step in, of course, the glasses come off. <laughs> right? As they should. Very humble. I walk up, I approach the conversation, and I ask, what are we arguing about here? Mm-hmm. Well, what's the, what's the conversation like? And, well, Fred, you know, they, you know, the, our brothers and sisters, we need to get out of this mindset that we're all different, that, you know, like, you know, because we're all in America and we're all misobjected to slavery and all this other stuff and da, 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 da. And I'm like, okay, I hear your passion. I hear your point. Okay, cool. And then the continental African student says, well, you know what, you know, that, that, that's, you know, I get that, but I didn't experience slavery, you know, like, you know, we, we we're from the motherland and, you know, we have a different mindset, you know, and then the Caribbean student, he kind of agreed, kind of agreed with the, you know, with the continental African student, you know, and, you know, he kind of sided with them and he, you know, he had a certain perspective. So I guess here's a topic for discussion. Why can't we all just get along? Hmm. Right. Why, why, why is it that black American students are being frowned upon by our brothers and sisters that come from the motherland or come from these Caribbean uh, uh, islands, Caribbean islands? Why, why? What is it about black Americans that our brothers and sisters that come from the motherland and come from the Caribbean islands frown on? What is it about us? I don't, I, you know, I, I, I have my opinions and I'm going to express them, of course, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the context that I'm going to speak about comes from conversation from students and colleagues that both belong to or both come from or have roots from Africa and they have roots from the Caribbean islands. And trust me, I've, I've heard it all. I've heard it all, you know. Um, I've even asked some of the hard questions, you mm-hmm. know. I've asked about what this word kata means, mm. you know, and why, and why, and why, when I hear that word, I, mind you, I was never called one. 
So what does it mean? Do please educate. <clears throat> so basically, that is the African, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that is like the African connotation of them calling us niggers. Oh. That's that's what I was told. No. Okay. No, that's what I was told. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's okay. what I was told. I also remember that movie uh, with um, Wesley Snipes. I forgot what it was. Jungle Fever. No, <laughs> he had a brother. He had a brother. The dude that played in the Five Heartbeats. I know. I know. Sugar Hill. Yes. And they were Romello. doing business. Romello. And they were doing business with some Africans, and they said we don't want to do business with the Kata. We don't want to do business with Akata. And he was like, what is that? What, 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 is, what is this Akata? What is that? What, what are you talking about? He's like, we don't want to do business with, with your kind. What is that? Mm. What do you mean our kind? And in that movie, right? Great movie. In that movie, he said pretty much that, like, you're niggas to us. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. That was the first time I ever heard that. I'm going to have to go back and watch for that. That's the first time I ever heard that. I was like, whoa, okay, all right, oh, all right. So so now let's just have this conversation. I'm going to open it up like this. Okay. Okay. Open it up. Lay, lay it all out. Why here on this campus there is such friction between us within the diaspora, mm -hmm. right? And what are some of these differences that are being labeled to us black Americans from our brothers and sisters that come from Africa, Caribbean, or even, even our uh, Hispanic brothers and sisters? What is it about black America that they just frown upon? Mm, I don't know if I necessarily have any insight as to what it is that um, why our Caribbean and our African brothers and sisters frown upon us as black people who just happen to live in America. I'll take some of the former in terms of why we always seem to be at odds with one another. Again, coming back to this whole notion of diaspora spursed about bifurcated. I'll go back to capitalism I go back to the way in which society has, again, been written and been presented and been supported via this patriarchal society that we live in. Capitalism is alive and well, and it's always been when you think about slavery, we think about, okay, how do we get the most for the least? Oh, okay, let's go and enslave a whole bunch of people so then that way we can be making money on top of money. So what exactly does all of that mean? How does that mean? That means that for those individuals that still have roots in Africa, mm -hmm. the Caribbean, and those of us like you and I who don't necessarily because of the way in which we were all split up, I think we've been told a story about one another to keep us divided. Mm. I believe that we've been fed a lie so then that way we cannot come together. We cannot at all under any circumstances begin to align mm -hmm. 
our causes because the moment we begin to align our causes and realize that in essence, we might be fighting the same fight. We might be saying the same thing, but because of the way in which we have been presented to one another in media, in advertisement, in education, in social media, in government, in all the other spaces that again, the patriarchal white man owns mm-hmm. is all on a slant and we believe it hook, line and sinker. We're not even choking on the Kool-Aid. <laughs> all right. We're, we're not even choking on the Kool-Aid. So when you're talking about why we're hating on one another, I watched this great um, podcast and I believe you and I talked about it. There were some brilliant black and brown people from America, from um, the continent of Africa, from the islands, and they were having this serious dialogue about the diaspora and some individuals from, in particular, the continent felt like as blacks who live in America and who wear kente cloth, who, you know, want to now listen to or are listening to African music, who are wanting to be more connected. They feel as though that's a form of us and misappropriate near culture. Mm-hmm. Right. So then we're like, OK, well, if that's the case, then when you wear Tupac and you rocking all the way to the hover, is that the same thing? That was a question. So in the grapevine. YouTube podcasting. I think that have. may have been it. Was that it? Right. They, uh, there was a, a, a gentleman that identified himself as a black American and he addressed that same question to a continental African sister. Yes. Who had, who had took an issue with everyone wearing daishikis, kente cloths yes. and things of that nature because in her idea, she's like, you're wearing things that you don't know what they represent. You're mm-hmm. just wearing them because you feel like it's a trend where that misappropriation part comes into play. Right. right? Like, so not wearing it for the fact of what the it culture and its for, meaning. And its sure. meaning. You're wearing it because it's just the latest thing to do, i.e. So like when Black Panther came out, all right, Black Panther came out. You saw everybody in America going to these uh, the movie theaters, to the movie theaters, and they're wearing like daishikis. They're wearing kente cloths. They're wearing African regalia. Our they're wearing regalia. like African jewelry and stuff. And now everybody's tapping into like their roots, so to speak, right? But then you have like continental Africans who are seeing this. I'm not saying all, but some continental sure. Africans are looking at this and they're offended because they're like, "Wait a minute, you're wearing something that." It's a part of my culture right. that you have no idea about. And now that's disrespectful to me. Right. So then here's the question on the flip side. This guy who's black American, he says, well, let me ask you this. Could I take it offensively if you were to wear, let's say, a, a shirt with Biggie on it? Biggie. Don't. Right. American. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. He might have Caribbean roots. Right. We, yeah. But. Brooklyn. But he, Brooklyn. Brooklyn, New York, right? Made a living here, made success. Two times. You know what I'm saying? In America, could we say that you're taken away from our culture? That you're taken away from our, you know, our ethnicity, quote unquote, because we're American? So what was her answer? She was like, no, I can't say that. So, so I it, can't say that. So was that contradictory? Somewhat, somewhat. So I, why did she? I, I so why did she so. feel as though she they you know individuals, continental African islanders, whatever mm-hmm. they who have again roots in and understand where they come from, whatever again um, tribe part mm-hmm. of the country. Mm-hmm. We can't 
because it's so-called misappropriation, but you're here in the United States and you still identify with your home. Right. And you rock out Biggie, Tupac. What's the difference? Yeah. Um, What's the difference? I think, so let me just say this. For me, I think it's all sad. So for those that feel like for Fred and I to wear African garb, again, jewelry that represents, again, the continent that we believe know that we are connected to. We just don't have the language. We just don't have the information. We don't have the tools. We're in the process because we're both, God bless you, we're both talking about African ancestry. So we can talk about our ethnicity with a little bit more clarity and a little bit more finesse. Right. I think it's, we're doing exactly what the plan was written to do, to be separate. So... It, okay, so I, I I just did some research about this word akata. Right? Okay, how do you spell it? A K A T A, right? Hold on, I gotta write that down. And A K A T A. I can understand why. Okay. In the movie Sugar Hill, right? And to my understanding, why they refer to them as niggas because technically it's cotton pickers. So. Slavery, you're associated with that. You're associated with this American oppression and stuff like that. We don't want to associate with that. Boom, boom, boom. We're not that. We we don't want to do business with you. Right. We don't want to have We're any sort of dealings with you. People. We 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 have no form of that. <laughs> we frown upon that. Sure. So let's translate that into college into the present, right? Okay. So this brother, again, we're going back to this conversation. Yep, in the union. In the union. Um I the this this brother who is highly offended by these two brothers, by these two other brothers, the, the African and the Caribbean student. Sure. Right? He's highly offended, and he's going back to the early times in American history where there was slavery and the transatlantic trade and the sure. diaspora and all that Mafa. stuff. Sure. Right, he's mm-hmm. going through all this stuff and he was like, listen, your grandparents, your great-grandparents who come, you know, who come, who came to this country were subjected to slavery and it was the worst kind of chattel slavery in the history of the world. 400 and, years. And all this other sure. stuff. He was like, you can't tell me that because of the fact that you come from a different place or you come from Africa, it's, I didn't Asked to be here. Indeed. You know what I'm saying? I didn't ask to be here. And that's when I chimed in. Mm-hmm. Because any student that I ever talked about this type of conversation, that's always been the universal answer I've always said was the fact that if a Caribbean uh, brother or sister or a continental African or, or African brother or sister ever looked down upon me and frowned upon me and didn't think I was equal, that was always my universal answer was the fact that, listen, we are brothers or sisters in blood. No matter what, whether you like it or in not. blood. I didn't ask to be here. If anything, the, the universal question that every black American who is um, estranged from- Yes, from, the country. From Africa. The, mm-hmm. the question has always been, how come- you guys never came back to get me. Mm. And that's where Killmonger comes into play with Black Panther because Black Panther, that was one of his immediate questions when he took the throne. He said, y'all sitting here in Wakanda, y'all looking pretty. Mm-hmm. Y'all ain't got no brothers, y'all ain't got no problems, but there's like millions of us over and, here. And y'all have the elixir and you and ain't come back. Y'all got resources, y'all got the money, y'all got everything, but y'all didn't come back for us. Where were y'all when we were struggling? Hey, auntie. Where were y'all when we was in these ghettos and we didn't have to, we didn't have resources, we didn't have 
food. And we didn't have money. We didn't have this. We killing each other. Where was Wakanda then? That has always been my question mm-hmm. in terms of uh, my estrangement. Was so, and, and, and here's the deal, and I apologize about this. Sure. As a poet, my feeling is this. Our African brother and sister and Caribbean brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. I feel like they should be in not only more alignment with us, but they should be a little bit more empathetic because they know more about who they are than we do. How are you looking down on me when you at least know where you come from? I don't even have not a damn clue. Now, it, this is another point, right? Because now we already know as black Americans, and again, y'all, this is all in love because the purpose of this conversation is to unite. It is to gain an understanding. because and to embrace. Right, Let's embrace, embrace one another. Right? So I don't want anybody to be offended or insulted by these conversations. But as much as we, and when I say we, I'm talking about black Americans, aren't really familiar or don't have the knowledge mm-hmm. of knowing where our roots come from in terms of Africa, unless yes. we go through uh, African ancestry. Yes, we, know, we need a tool. Which we, we need to do, right? What I'm now learning is that even continental Africans are having troubles with knowing their roots too. Mm. Like there is, there is this conversation that's happening now. I forgot what part of Africa it was, but there was a circle of leadership and they were all debating on their history. Mm. So I don't know. So so what do you think is what, happening for us? Yeah. Well, at so, least they're either tethered or but at connected least, but to at least, something. But at least you're there. Exactly. We're not. And for so many years, we're yeah. thinking about great, 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 great grands. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So again, if nothing else, meet me. Like, okay, Fatu was like, okay, yeah, I think I'm Fulani. She was like, yeah, I can see that. I'm like, okay, hey, give, give me a start as opposed and isn't to it pointing. Amazing, it's amazing how, because Fulani is a tribe. Yes. It's amazing how Fulani could recognize Fulani. Right. Because there's the facial certain traits. There's stuff. certain traits, yeah. physical traits that associate yeah. you with tribes, right? So, it, but the, I just think that that's a wonderful thing, right? So, um, <laughs> I do too. Yeah. So, <laughs> then I chime in on a conversation. Again, we're back to this conversation. And, and the union. And the union. And, this guy's talking about how we're all connected to the struggle based off of slavery and blood and suffering and mm-hmm. chattel slavery and 400 years of oppression and all this other stuff. Sure. And the one thing I chimed in and I said, of course, I said my question or my, my response. I said, listen, we didn't ask to be here. Mm-hmm. Right. That's one. We didn't ask to be here. If anything, my question to to my African brothers and sisters is why did you feel that I wasn't enough for you to bring me over here or why wasn't I surrounded in protection so that I couldn't so I could stay home where I was or if you weren't able to be a part of because that, if that, I recall, that, that, because that, if I um, recall, if I recall, right, wasn't there like I mean, you know, that support I, system, <laughs> right? So as I recall, right, if we really want to talk about, you know, our brothers and sisters being stolen and taken from the motherland and brought on boats and ships and things like that. It was, you know, based off of historical facts, a lot of us was indentured servants. You sure were. 
There was slavery in Africa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? There was slavery and indentured servitude in Africa based off of wars, loss, and stuff and like then, that. And then some Africans own slaves. Right. So, like, come on. Right. So, if we're talking about this love, this this African love and this, this agape love, if you will, you know what I'm saying? Sure. If you're talking about this universal brotherhood, how come those that have been in America since God knows how long, how come our brothers and sisters in Africa never, ever thought about bringing us or coming to get us back? Or let's just say this, say not even so much that. What about educating us? Yeah. What about that saying, you know what? Are you interested? Do you want to know if you're from what part of the continent you're from? Do you want to know what part of the island that you're from? Have a response here, to here, that. here are some, you know, things that, you know, might help you. You look like you might be. You look like you might be. And this is how I know, because, again, of my knowledge that I've gotten from my great grandma, my mommy T, whatever it is that you called her. And then that way, give us again a give us throw us a line, throw us a rope, throw us something to hold on to, because we weren't taught again about for real, for real history, they glaze over it. Even we're talking about slavery. And you know that there was something I've read recently where they're talking about redoing the history books because of the bullshit job that they do. They give us what Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks. I didn't learn about Marcus Garvey and Malcolm X, Ida B. Wells and the difference between the suffrage movement and um, fem- feminism and womanism until I got to college. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about Stephen Biko. I didn't know anything about Nelson Mandela in the struggle. Mm-hmm. They give us all of that to make themselves feel good because, again, it's from vi- their vantage point because they own it all. They're making, creating, writing, designing the books. They're coming up with all of these very interesting stories to tell us via media, via on. Um, television, these shows, when you sh- we show up in in the news, mm-hmm. the man is always cussing or being, again, arrested. Mm-hmm. And then the black woman is always angry or cussing somebody. They never show us in other lights. And then when our African brothers and sisters and Caribbean brothers and sisters see us on the TV, that's how they see us. And then why would they want to be connected? Then when we see them, like... There was this great video. I don't know if I sent it to you. This one woman, sister, New York City, her and her husband went to Africa on a trip. They went to Ghana again, went through the last again port, which was the last you to turn. Um, what was it? The place of no return. Mm-hmm. Last port. She said her and her husband went home and packed everything up. Now they live in the continent. I can't remember. I don't know if it's Ghana, but everybody was asking her and her husband, are y'all crazy? Why would y'all want to move there? Who wants to go to Africa to suffer? And then she said it wasn't until she understood the messages that she was being told. She said, because until she went there to see how beautiful it was and how lush and just how freeing and the weather, she said, yeah, I didn't want to go either because only thing I remember was Tarzan flying through the air, people with no clothes on and people living in the wilderness and shut and, and, um, Huts, Huts, no food, no shoes, mm-hmm. very little education. Mm-hmm. But again, that's the only picture that we've been shown. Listen, South Africa, you see some of them hotels like all the way blowed up. Yeah. 
yeah beautiful spaces but again that's not what they're showing mm-hmm. because again they want to what protect the lie right so where does okay so let's shift because okay, we're talking because we're putting I'm, I'm a lot of focus moments notice. we're put we're because we're putting a lot of focus on our continental brothers and sisters sure. uh, that come from Africa let's focus on the Caribbean culture okay okay because there was a question uh, in this conversation right of us in the student union and they were talking about relationships so mm-hmm. one Caribbean uh, young man made mention that his mother who was Jamaican Mm-hmm. And the father told him, "Do not bring a black girl mm. to our home." Wow. And he's like, you know, and the, and the conversation and the response that so I had with girl him, versus an a, African, a Caribbean, or Caribbean sister. Right. Okay. So my response to that was, well. Isn't when you go, what happens when you go to college and you meet people? You meet people, you learn people. You might fall in love with a black uh, with a black girl. You might fall in love with a Hispanic lady. You might fall in love uh, with with a white girl. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are they gonna say about that? Right? My mother, my mother used to always tell us, if she can't use a comb, <laughs> don't bring her home. Shut up. Every listen, if she can't use a comb, don't bring her home, alluding to white people. I I got that. So, you know, but but that is too hilarious. Crazy how I'm hearing that amongst us. But but here's the deal. So okay, let's go to that. So this um, African brother said, I'm sorry, um, Caribbean Caribbean brother brother said his parents' mother said, "Don't bring a black girl home." But aren't we all black? Now that's the question because when you pose that, when you when you pose that, the answer is divided. Okay, some folks don't. Some folks be like, "I'm not black." Okay, so what are they? So what are some of the things? So. some of the differences is the fact that hold on what mm. okay folks I was sidetracked here and something just came to mind I think that the reason why there is these significant differences between all of us has to deal with this connotation of the word black okay because Continental Africans don't want to be considered as black. So they want to be considered what? As Africans? As straight Africans. Okay. Right. And Caribbeans. Caribbeans. I've never, I've never heard a Caribbean student acknowledge themselves as being black. I've heard them acknowledge their ethnicity, saying, hey, I'm Jamaican, or I'm from, I'm Guyanese, right? Or I'm Trini. But when it comes to Black, it has to be like a systemic thing, mm-hmm. right? It has to be a mark of, of oppression, right? It has to be the oppressor against the oppressed where they acknowledge that they're black, right? Or mm. like, you know what so, I'm saying? So it's situational. Depending so it on has to be situational, okay. right? Okay, I got that. I got that. So what about our Hispanic uh, brothers and sisters? 
how do they acknowledge or do they acknowledge if they're black or not? So let me say this. I went to a program. You walked me over because, again, we had just finished taping. And I think it was one of our first tapings as well for for the love of. And it was a part of, again, a the um, diaspora project that was created for Black History Month out um, of the student engagement office via the one and only, again, Dr. Ashley Goodwin. And we were having this wonderful dialogue about, again, the diaspora. What does it look like? How do we identify? And what I will say is from a lot of our um, African, Caribbean, Latino, Latina, Dominican, Hispanic, a lot of our young brothers and sisters now are beginning to see themselves as a part of the black experience. Okay. However, again, you know, they want to identify, but they're understanding that you have some melanin in you, you have some black in you. And when I'm saying there's beginning to be different conversations because I believe the pendulum is shifting and I'm believing because of some of the unfortunate things that are happening within our communities, we're becoming woke. Is it okay for Hispanics to, for the Hispanic community, is it okay, is it okay for them to acknowledge themselves as being black? I think so. And again, so this is just me. Because I know we have the, Af- the Afro-Latina and Afro-Latino, mm-hmm. right? But this is the, the criticism I've heard about that. When times get rough, they can always... Go back. Well, be, because some of them can, what, pass? Or they can opt out. You and I can't opt out. Charles can't yeah, opt I, out. I'm black. Listen, I, and here's, let me say this. Not only am I black, I don't want to be anything but black. I don't care of... Again, the stigmas, the characterizations, the um, the ways in which we've been treated, the ways in which we've been oppressed, the intersectionalities, the privilege and power or lack thereof. Let it be known all day, every day. When I come back, bring me back black and as a woman. Let me ask you. Let me ask you another question. <laughs> Do you think Hispanic, the Hispanic culture, should have the right to say the word nigger? Ooh, mm. you dead wrong for that one. I am. I, I'm not. Listen, Pookie, drawing, you dead drawing, wrong for that one. <laughs> line in the sand because so let me because s- you because you here. Yep, I'm here. I'm here. Listen, you, so you, I'm, I'm gonna stand listen, on it. I'm gonna you stand here, on listen, it. Listen, and this is no disrespect to my brothers and sisters that are of Hispanic descent at all, but on this campus, there's a we here this community of people. Mm-hmm. And when they talk amongst themselves or amongst us, us being black Americans, right? Mm-hmm. Nigger. That word is, like, that word is lashed out. Nigger, 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 nigger. Right? Now, I can understand why black America will want to own that word. Mm-hmm. But is it okay for our Hispanic brothers and sisters who are a part of the diaspora, who do have some some, some blackness to in them, it, sure. do have African in them, is it okay for them to use that word? So I say this: if we're if we're saying we're all in this together and we're all black, yes, 
because we because we can't it has to be objective we can't say well we want to say that you're black but then but mm-hmm. you cannot be attacked so you cannot use this word if you're black you're black you're black you're black and then that means you are connected to all of the experiences now our hispanic brothers and sisters like our african brothers and sisters may not be exposed or have experienced as much racism as it has related to the word as we have because we've been here longer and we don't have a refuge we can't go back to Dominican we can't go back to Trinidad we can't go back to Haiti or um, a country in Africa because we don't know where we're going so I understand that but if we're saying that we're all one if we're saying that at the end of the day we have melanin in our skin and we're identifying ourselves or they're identifying themselves as black and we're saying yeah yeah, you got some melanin yep we're all brothers and sisters then absolutely because Here's the deal. If we begin then splicing it up, saying, well, yeah, you're black and you should be a part of the movement and you should be a part of all the things that are beautiful and dynamic about it. But we want to leave you out from the struggle. That doesn't make well, any let me, sense. Well, let me ask you a question like this, because sure. remember a couple of years ago, there was a song called I'm Real. By who? By Ja Rule and J-Lo. Okay, yeah. I'm real. Yep. The way you walk, the way you talk, the way you smile. So there was a part in the song where J-Lo said the word nigga. Oh, really? Yeah. And she had, there was a lot. A flat? Oh, man. It was to the point where, like, even, even on the, um, even on the, uh, the unedited version of it, Right. Mm -hmm. There was some in some some cases they would have to edit that part out because they're like she's Hispanic, like pure Hispanic, not Afro Latina. Mm -hmm. I'm saying, but pure Hispanic. She doesn't have the right to say that word. So, you know, the black culture felt it to be offensive. So, yeah. So but then you have someone like Fat Joe. I'm saying, and Fat Joe is of the culture. And, and he identified sa- too with it. Right. And he's up here and he's saying, nigga, 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 nigga. But how does so, he identify? Does he identify with black being, you know, um, Afro Latino? No, I don't think so. So, again, so then here's the deal I will say, then does it have more to do with a gender? Gen- uh, does it have more to do with gender and sex? Because J Lo is a female Hispanic and. Fat Joe is a male Hispanic, so he wasn't getting any flack for it because, again, of what's between his legs and how it moves okay. as opposed to what's between her legs and how it don't move. Got you. Okay, so um, here, here's another complex uh, idea about this conversation. And, sure. again, this is— so, what's your, so, wait a minute. So, what's your thought? All right, so you hit me up. So, what's your thought? Do we believe? Do you believe that our um, Afro-Latina um, brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. you know, can use the N word as well? Yeah. If they identify as themselves, whether they well, do or not. Let 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 me make it very clear. I hate the word. Okay. I why? Hate the word, why do you hate but, the word? But okay. So answer the question, and we I get hate, to the word. Right. Sure. sure. Okay. Yes. Easy enough. I I agree. I agree that they have the privilege to say the word too because of the diaspora. If you, if you know, cool. I don't need a long drawn out answer for it. Boom. But what I do find to be kind of true is they don't, they could turn off and on if they're black or not. 
Mm-hmm. Like they have that option. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so they could pass is what you say. They could pass. So like at the end of the day, I'm not saying that they do, but from from um and I and I just recently heard this in uh in an interview where they were talking about how Afro Latinas and the Hispanic community who associate with being black, right, that they're not fans of being black, but because it's a popular thing and it's a trend and it's the culture, right? They embrace their blackness, but as soon as like something happens, they drop the black card and now they're just Latina. Or now so, the, just, so is that the misappropriation again that our Afro, you know, um, you know, continental um, Af- African brothers and sisters were saying about us misappropriating mm-hmm. again the culture? Are they misappropriating in our word? That's a part of our culture. Could be. It could be. So I mean, it basically is the same thing. Yeah, it could be. And again, y'all, this is a very uncomfortable conversation and this is stuff uh the content is coming from you guys because yeah. programs i've been to private conversations that podcasts we've had that are out there podcasts that are out there this is conversations that we need to have uh with us in order for us to find a common ground in a sense in a, in a common sense of understanding because at the end of the day in my mind in my opinion we are all connected to the motherland in some way, shape, or form. We are, especially those who are a part of the diaspora. But what we do need to acknowledge, and this is the overarching idea, what we do need to acknowledge is is that um, even though we are a part of or we come from Africa in some sense of the word, there are differences. Absolutely. Of course they are, and there should be. You know, that's the whole idea that we're beautiful people with beautiful skin colors, beautiful different languages that we speak, hair textures. Mm-hmm. You can have, again, a, a woman of color have an albino baby, having that bi- a baby with blue eyes mm-hmm. and have a black father, mm-hmm. freckles, blue, black, and then passe blanc as you want them. Coarse hair or straight curly hair, mm-hmm. red hair, mm-hmm. all of that. So I think that's the thing that makes us magnificent. I think that's the thing that when we're talking about black excellence, that's black opulence, all of the beauty of who we are. And that's why when you think about it, I say, yes, we're all a part of of the diaspora and we're all a part of this experience because we all have some form of melanin in us. Right. There's some color to us. Mm-hmm. So that means we're somehow related and or connected in one form or fashion. And when we begin to stand in opposite corners from one another, just on the basis of where we got off the boat mm-hmm. and not really thinking about the alignment and how we should be, again, supporting one another in whatever ways in which we can. Mm-hmm. And having these kind of dialogues that allow us to be open and honest about where we are, how we got here, and then how do we make atonement for it at the end of the day? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good point. Last question. (laughs) Okay. All right. I'm here for it. For Okay, because this was a topic that was very popular. Yes. And it was, would you... If you if you had the opportunity, would you want to draw back your roots and go back to Africa? So clarify for me, 
draw back my roots and go back. What do you mean by draw back my roots and go back? Draw back my roots and go back to visit so that that way I can go vacation there to see. Let's just start by visiting. Absolutely. I'm going, I'm going to summer. Wow. I'm going to summer. Absolutely. So let me have a very transparent moment with you. Please do. About a year ago, I was having this conversation with Fatu and we were talking, uh, because we, I went to go see black Panther and um, I saw it five times. <laughs> five times. In the movies. Five times. Five, five times. times. I won five six. Times. Five times. Five times. Five times. Right. She went to go see the movie five times, y'all. And uh, I only saw it twice. <laughs> five times. And um, most ever of any movie. We, we In our conversation, we came to the point where um, should the lost. Okay. Mm, I love that. Should the lost, and there's a lot I'm included in that, right? Mm -hmm. Should we take the initiative and try to reconnect with what was taken from us? Should we reconnect and go back to Africa and find our roots and at least find some sort of connection to the source? Mm -hmm. And my first response was no. And then why was your response no? My response was no because I had that same question. My my question was, and I'm not saying that this is now because I have a change of heart. Okay. But my response was, why am I going back home when home didn't want me? Mm. So you felt abandoned? I felt abandoned. And, and that's the thing. There's a lot of black Americans who feel that way. That feel that there is a a great a greater sense of abandonment rather than wanting to be reconnected. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So what if so what if when we're talking about you know the notion of abandonment and we're saying why didn't you come you know to find us? Maybe they were just as lost as we were. Maybe they didn't know where to start either. Maybe there mm-hmm. weren't any historical books. Maybe there weren't any legends mm-hmm. for them to search search and seek to find out where we went. Mm-hmm. So if we're being objective about it, maybe they didn't know just as much we didn't know. You know, what's funny is because when when we think about people going back to Africa and reconnecting, right, we always see like these celebrities go. Mm-hmm. Right. And we see celebrities go, they get reconnected and like this, like this huge gathering fanfare, fanfare, <laughs> you know, and then like this, like this, they reconnect with a tribe that they found out that they're a part of. And now there's this rituals and ceremonies and it's beautiful and everybody's dancing, everybody's shouting, singing. It's a welcoming thing. How about the folks that are poor? <laughs> that just so happened to just be like, I'm just going to go to Africa one day and they don't get that reception. You know, instead, so what instead oh. what they get, like, for example, and I had to consider this, right? Because, you know, my, my daughter and my son are fairly light skinned. Possible. Yes, yes, they are. Fairly light skinned. Right. And I'm not saying that there's a sense of colorism, but mm-hmm. if I were to go, to Africa and I found out where my roots are, not only will they accept me, but will they accept my my son and my daughter? Will they accept my wife? Will they accept my oldest son? Right? Will will, will there be a homecoming Mm. for me? You know? And I think that's where a lot of the reservation came into play because I don't want to, I don't want the people that love me or I don't want the home 
or the continent that once was my home to frown upon me. Again, and for the another, second time. And there's been so many war stories of folks that have gone over there and haven't had a lot of this fanfare. I know, I have heard that. Like, for an example, there was a conversation, there was a, um, I think I was talking with Fatu or somebody, but someone went over there, I think they were in South Africa, they went to a coffee shop, and they needed to pay for the coffee. Oh, yes. And they needed the ID. And they found out that they were American. And they wouldn't serve them. And they wouldn't serve them. Because they were American. And same response. I didn't ask to be American. Mm-hmm. My roots are here. I just found out that my roots are in South Africa along the coast. Mm-hmm. But now you're upset with me and you won't service me because I'm American? Right. Right. No one wants to be subjected to that. They don't. They don't. You know, but I I think it's so. Yes, I hear that. I really do. I hear it and I feel it as well because I've heard stories like that. I've thought about that um, as well. However, I think for myself personally, it's bigger than that. I'm not going with any expectations of any fanfare. I'm not going with any expectations that my um my my mom and TT or you know cousins and stuff be like, oh my goodness, we were waiting for you. We're happy to see you. I'm going for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm going because I believe in Temet no says translated thyself, thou must know, Socrates. That's a part of who I am. And if I can't answer the simple question of my ethnicity, I can't answer the simple question of who Tamara Lynn McMillan is. I know McMillan isn't my last name. My name is Tamara Lynn because that's my mom. My mother named me that. But that last name doesn't belong to me. It's Irish. Now, I might have some Irish in me. I don't know. But from my pigmentation, the uh, melanin in my skin, I know that I have more, again, dark in me than I have light in me. That's what I know. But until I'm able to put my hand on it and speak to it with fluidity, then I, again, I'm missing a piece. Right. So when I'm going, I'm going just for not just for the experience, I'm going to better understand. And then I can take it upon myself to learn about certain cultures of the tribe. Let's just say I am Flunani, right? I can learn about that. I can ask Fatu, yup, it's it's legitimate. And then I can connect with her. Okay, I want to go home with you. Maybe she can, again, help me find, okay, we might be from the same tribe. We have a lot of our students that are from, again, we talked about it, the motherland. Maybe we use one of them to make again the exchange or the connection for us and not necessarily again looking for a big party, but really looking to sit down at somebody's feet and just to learn and just to listen. I totally agree. And um, like I said, I had a change of heart. At first I was really reluctant, mm-hmm. scared. Sure, absolutely. You know, to uh wanna search out my roots and uh if it led to Africa, which mm-hmm. Uh, it has, yes, you know, um, be accepted. Mm. But I think, like you, um, the bigger issue is wanting to go for yourself. Yes. And finding out about your roots, your ancestry, your culture, you know, and all that it comes with, I think that's really important for us because I don't want to be lost anymore. Mm-hmm, mm, that's deep. You know what I'm and saying? then, and then maybe a part of that is 
you know, maybe you and Charles go, you know, the first time. Then, you know, you, you kind of feel your way out. Then the next time you and Sierra go, then the next time you, Charles and your mother go, right? The next time you, Charles, your mother and Sierra go. So I don't think of it as this quick hit, like a quickie. You can't go one time and think, oh my goodness, here it is. You know, guess what? All the confetti's falling from the skies, all of the, you know, food that I could have yeah, and yeah. all of the experiences. It's just like anything. It's like being in a long distance relationship with somebody right. for 30 or 40 years right. and now trying to really get to know them up close and personal. Right. It's going to require some pulling back of the layers. It's going to require some crying. It's going to require some pull and tug. It's mm -hmm. going to require some misunderstandings and it's going to require some compassion and it's going to require some empathy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, y'all. Listen, man, we discussed this. <laughs> This was that was very, dope. This was dope. It was a, it's a hard conversation it to is, have amongst is. us. I'll leave it like this, man. Uh, when we left that conversation in the student union, the one thing I said was, if we want to search, then go. Mm, come on right? now. Period. If you, you want to know, Period. if you want to know, go seek out the answers, you know, and don't be afraid to, don't be afraid to find out what you find. And and right, you know? and then whatever it is that you find, embrace it for what it is. Right. Absolutely. It's not good, bad, indifferent. It just is what it and is. Then, and then also realize, realize here's the reality. Here's the reality. Okay, I'm waiting. Wait for it. When you find something, don't be offended if you're not a king. Hello? Don't be offended if you're not a king. Because in my estimation, <laughs> not everybody in Africa were kings. They were. Okay? So at the end of the day, you know, just know for a fact that whatever the reality that you find out is, embrace it and learn from it. And, you know, and, and just embrace that that's you. And that's it. That's a part of you. So this is... Episode nine, y'all. Episode nine. Yo. Episode nine. We only got we a couple more left. Down, like, only got a couple more left, man. A couple more, couple more. We gotta we, listen, it's coming. We always keep something in the chamber. It's, always. It's coming. <laughs> it is coming. You know what I'm talking it about. Is. It will be here. It will. Trust and believe. Where can believe. we where can they find us? Tamara, where can they find us? They at? can find us on IG FTLO underscore yeah, for the love of listen. IG. Yo, and, and and here's the deal. The logo for real for real is the dopest. And I might be sounding a little prejudice and or bias, but check it out. Every time anybody they were like, yo, the logo is so freaking hot to death. I just had a student and that just had a student put it together. It was like, yo, that's you and Tamara? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, I just seen that. Oh my God, I just seen. Okay, all and right. it looks like uh, like when I tell you that thing is so dope. So thanks for again the original inspiration, Jabril. Yo, real again another brilliant cat in the CSTEM program, an engineer, and he is an artiste. Yo, dope all the way around. So wait till the merch come. Thanks to um Sierra, we already got some stuff. Already I already cut my neck out. I was getting a whole bunch of love. Somebody asked me if they could kiss my shoulder yeah yeah well <laughs> with that being said because tamara has the sexy shoulders out this, this yeah. is for the love of y'all your favorite campus uncle and my sister in pain struggle and victory the liberated project check yo 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 for the love of what's man. good hope we educated your life today we out y'all peace peace